Bush and Richie here with your Daily Takeaway podcast. Uh, we're going to get this out of the way now as uh, we've been asked to do this, advised to do this by, um, what's the what's the company called that um, help people come to an agreement? About ACAS. A- ACAS have, have said it's probably best for us to do this uh, uh, and get it out of the way before the show you're about to hear. Um, obviously, we're one big family on this show, so we want you involved in that as well. Uh, we should have been having a hometime show uh, board game tonight, tonight mm-hmm. after the show. Uh, to celebrate the fact that we, we we did pretty damn well in our Rajar results, listening figures were mm. really good. So we, we all booked in a time. I managed to get the uh, the evening cleared via my other half, Katie, which is a little bit like getting something through Congress, particularly during the half-term week. But there was a last-minute change around uh, for a reason that Richie's about to explain. Um, Arsenal versus Manchester City tonight. Um, and it's at 7.30, which would have been when we were, I would guess, be going through the rules of board game of um, the Godfather the Godfather Corleone's Empire Um, I would like to say and ACAS have recognised this in the talks that we have had that the irony of this is uh, the cancellation of the board game night to celebrate um, some truly marvellous listening figures um, was actually brought forward not by myself an Arsenal fan not by our producer an Arsenal fan, uh, but our assistant producer, who's an Aston Villa fan. I know, he's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> no, exactly. He said on, on in the group, you wouldn't not want to watch it, and no. then just, like, Nick has left the conversation. Exactly. Cheers, Nick. So, thanks for tearing this whole team apart, Family's Nick. Family's absolutely ripped apart, and um, all I'm going to say is uh, I, I hope it's worth it tonight. Huh? <laughs> Why, why get together and celebrate together when we can all sit in our individual uh, houses and watch I mean, football? Huh? I, I really hope it's worth it. Um, but I would like to point out the last time that we stayed in this studio uh, when there was an Arsenal game on, we lost 3 0 to Spurs. I do so. remember that was bad. Okay, well, look, in, in the. Um, I'm offering the olive branch of uh, I hope at least you get a point. There's every chance uh, that come by 7.35 I could be <laughs> dashing back and say, can we play a game? The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Punctuated by Valentine's last night, I think I witnessed modern-day witchcraft yesterday. Oh, I, what was going on? Uh, so um, what had been bought in turned out to be one of those supermarket multi-meal things where, you you know, you get a, you get a price for, like, a star and a main and a side and a dessert. And it's, a so, it's so romantic. Bottle. <laughs> Isn't it? A, de- a meal deal. A meal deal. It's so romantic. Nothing says Valentine's like a meal deal. But the dessert, <laughs> I, I honestly, all the episodes of Bake Off that I've watched, and I don't understand how this is done, and I'd have to say, this is what modern day witchcraft is. Those melt-in-the-middle dessert things, all right? You've got the oven on for 200 degrees for 20 minutes. You stick it in there. You take the stuff out of the oven. You put it on the plate. You flip it upside down. They tumble out of the little pot. Are you you talking about a souffle? Souffle may be. It may be the name of the dessert, but I'm not I'm not 100% certain it is. Oh, right. Because it's all sort of like crispy on the outside, but then when you cut it in the middle, it's got this gooey, runny chocolate that just cascades. How's that happening when it's been in the oven for 200 minutes? I put it to you, that's modern-day witchcraft. That is a good point. Like, it, it, when you're carrying that around in the box before you kind of cook it, is it like slopping around in there, that, that molten bit? 
or how, what format is it in? That's exactly. a great question. And the same could be applied to. I mean, I've never really understand how uh, understood how they do. Um, you know, like like a, a Scotch egg and a, a posh Scotch egg. Yeah, and that's got the the yolk still kind of like gooey. Exactly. But the rest of it's like rock hard and it's being properly cooked and deep fat fried. Just don't understand it. Modern day witchcraft. Mm. Now look, as we search for other examples, it doesn't have to be uh, in the cookery kitchen department. If you have something that you would like to class as modern day witchcraft, you're an adult. Ooh. You look at it, you marvel at it, but you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Then you need to tell us about it. This is so weird you say this. I, I've had exactly this situation now to do with cookering, cookery or anything like that, but in the local library. My Modern day witchcraft. Guy Bailey would like to put forward Google Docs, working on a document with someone else typing and just seeing the words appear. It blows his mind. They give them kind of strange names as well, don't they? Like they do, some yeah. mysterious aardvark <laughs> that someone else might be using. What, I, what is this library thing then? So I returned a load of books to our local library in Leon C for the girls. So it's like six or seven books, all of different shapes and sizes. Uh, and the woman told me to go and place them on this metal plate of a machine right, right. in the centre of the library. So I just put them in like a stack. There was a short delay, then a bleep, and then a readout, like a receipt of the six different books by name. No way. But how did it know that? Do you no know what I mean? Way. It's not like I've scanned them, beep, 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 each individual one. They were in a stack. How on earth are they knowing that? Does every book weigh differently or something? I don't I mean, they Yeah, maybe they're weighing them and they... I mean, I just couldn't get my head around it. I mean, I'm, I remember from university, I do remember taking the... This is very childish. We used to take the, the silver magnet out the inside of books. <laughs> and put them into our friend's bag so they <laughs> looked like they were stealing books and couldn't leave the library. But I don't think it's the same kind of tech. So I, I've never had it explained. Uh, OK, so we've now got the weighing scales uh, at a library to add to yeah. the melt-in-the-middle chocolate pudding I had for uh, dinner last night. Uh, Modern-day witchcraft. What is it? As an adult, you look at you marvel at it, but you've no idea what's going on. Holly in Stratford is asking about liquid laundry capsules. What's she want about liquid laundry capsules? She goes on. So the second... They they touch water, they disintegrate and leak everywhere. But they're full of liquid. So why doesn't it just leak everywhere from the inside out? Every time I do the washing, I'm baffled. Wow, she's got a good point there. Very good point. I think it might actually be magic. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned earlier on that I was confused by putting a stack of library books in to return them and, and this machine knew what each of them were. Uh, Mary, who's a library assistant, says library books have a microchip in the back of them which is paired with a barcode on the front which holds all the unique info for each book. That, that's, that's all well and good, but that doesn't explain. They're in a stack. There was yeah. two or three, four books in the middle yeah. that weren't seeing the light of day, but this machine just knew. It's modern-day witchcraft. Uh, all this from the uh, start of the uh, uh, the melt-in-the-middle uh, chocolate pudding that I had last night. Turns out that's called a, a chocolate fondant. Fondant. So uh, we've answered that one. Uh, Steve, what is your modern-day witchcraft? Yeah, baked Alaska. <laughs> so you, you are confused by baked Alaska. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ice cream melts when it gets hot, doesn't it? So mm. how the hell does it work when it's cooked? I don't know if I've ever had it. So what, just, just to confirm for people like me, thickies that have never had it before, baked Alaska yeah. is, is what? What is it? It's, it's ice cream with meringue on the top, like egg whites. Right. So then, it, then it's cooked, and then it's obviously the, the meringue's on the outside, and then the uh, ice cream's in the centre, where it stays in ice cream form, not melted form. Now, oh. as someone who's watched a few bake-offs... Um, the the baked Alaska episode is is always the one where the tent seems to be the tensest. But the uh, that's hard to say, that isn't it? It is, yeah. A tense tent. <laughs> Too many tents. <laughs> well, I think this is similar as well to my melt in the middle uh, chocolate pudding as as well last night. What is going on? How do they do that? Yeah, but chocolate chocolate does melt though, doesn't it? When it gets warm, so the, the chocolate thing's understandable. But ice cream, obviously, when it's warm, it melts. 
So you would think when it gets hot, if you're outside and you're in, you're in the garden in the summer, yeah. your ice cream, you have to eat it quick because it melts. But I almost wouldn't want to know. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Steve, do you, do you want to know, though? Because there's a bit of magic there, isn't there? There's a bit of wide-eyed child-like yeah, magic yeah, with you. Extra. I wonder if you yeah, get it explained to you by a chef. It might just um, steal the, 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 the magic from it all. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to know, do you? By the way, if you are a chef listening right now and you're thinking, I'll call them up. No, don't. Honestly, <laughs> we'll keep it magic. Yeah. Yeah, keep it a mystery. Uh, Emma says, isn't put in the oven. Rang heated around the outside well, using a blowtorch, so there's that. Uh, but then Scott says, used to work on cruise ships, they had baked Alaska always on captain's night. So it's obviously a very, very special dessert, despite the fact uh, that there is the, the black magic that is surrounding it. So every, everything I hear about cruises, I just want to, makes me want to go even more. <laughs> baked Alaska every captain's night. Yeah. Just the dream of being on the captain's table. <laughs> We're going. We've got to go Let's at some it. point. It's listening via the telly, modern day witch. I don't understand how it works. I'll tell you what I don't understand how it works. If you go into a hotel sometimes, I can't even remember the last time I went to a hotel, but they've got your name on CFAX when you go in. <laughs> how do they even know that? How do the people at CFAX know that? It's amazing stuff. Amazing. Uh, ben in Wigan says magnets. That's what blow my mind. Modern day witchcraft for Ben is magnets. And then like, some magnets just won't have it with each other. They push each yeah. other away. Yeah, that's true. Isn't the, how does isn't that the, even work? The world magnet. I think one end of the world's one it's, magnet and the and other the end's the other end. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, isn't it, Magnet? Clever stuff. Jenny says, I don't understand how hot taps work. That's a really good point. You know, sometimes you just turn it on, it's hot, like, straight away. Yeah. Because obviously your boiler's got to think for a second. Oh, on a minute. Get warming it up. Here's a question. She are says, we... mixer taps are even more baffling. Are we coming across clever or not in this first 48 minutes of the show? <laughs> meta. I think we're coming across meta. Dave, modern day witchcraft, what is it for you? Uh, so, uh, Decathlon Sports Shop. Right. Uh, yeah, the um, tills there, you just take your stuff out of the basket, move it over into the bagging area, and it picks up uh, exactly what you've you've picked up. And the first time I did it, I was absolutely blew my mind and didn't know what the hell I was doing. Wow. Um, so, what, so yeah. you don't even see, so you're not scanning individual items, it just, no. it just knows? You just move it in front of the till and somehow it, it picks it up. Just by wow. moving it from one area of the till to the other, no scanning whatsoever, it knows you've got some shin pads and some goldie gloves. Somehow it does, yes. Wow. <laughs> and a rugby gum guard and some uh, <laughs> white soul trainers that are okay in gymnasiums up and down the country. That's the one. That's the one. Wow. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Obviously, it's half term this week. Uh, I just want to have a little. Can I just moan about something very quickly? Of course, you can. Just get it off my chest, right? So, I've been driving the kids around quite a lot, like Parker from Thunderbirds. And part of my thing when I'm driving them around uh, in the car is to try and introduce, introduce them to my kind of music. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, I remember when I was a kid, I grew up in a, a musical household, like. My dad plays guitar. Uh, there's always music on in the house, so walking around the house would be like the Furies and Davy Arthur, uh, the Beatles, Dire Straits, Gary Moore, Boston, all that kind of stuff. It's a fair thing to do. It's a part of the education. I remember learning about Elton John from my dad's love for Elton John. Well, this is it, yeah. And, you, and you, know, you listen to his stuff, and I remember sitting there uh, with my dad's record collection and going through the albums and putting them on. You know, never heard Led Zeppelin before until I played one of his records. Thought, Brilliant. I, and I've always looked forward to, when I've had kids... That's going to be the same kind of thing. Uh, and my primary focus at the moment is Erin, uh, our 13-year-old. And I don't know what she's into. She won't tell me anything about uh, the music she likes. She's always got them AirPods in, so you can't tell. And what, what it'll be, I don't know if anyone else's teenagers are like this, but uh, she'll walk around the house with one of them in. So you think <laughs> she's listening to you, but she's actually listening to her own bit of music. So I thought, I was in the car yesterday, I thought I'd play at some, uh, one of my favourite bands of all time, PJ Harvey, mm-hmm. obviously grew up in the West Country, she's a West Country person. Uh, 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 and it's a song called This Is love so i thought i'd just surprise erin stuck it on is a little bit of it from the 
brilliant album, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Absolutely love this song. An absolute banger. I know, like, PJ Harvey's got some more unusual stuff, but that I thought was like a, you know, a surefire hit. Do you know what Erin said? She said it was terrible. <laughs> Her actual words. She said, why would anyone listen to that? It's terrible. She said, PJ Harvey is terrible. And I, I don't... I, I mean, I just... I just wanted to say something about it on the show because I feel like I'm being robbed of that uh, me and her going to a gig together thing. It's, I, it's well, a dagger to the soul. It's isn't a dagger it? to the soul. So I don't know. Do I go back? If I go back, it's going to, you know what kids are like? If you try and, I always get warned in the house about being too excited about something because that means people won't want to do anything with me. Dare I say the other option is give up, all right? 20 years, <sighs> 20 years so far, I have tried to get any of my kids to share my love of Marmite and it's not taken yet. And I've now given up. So you just have to walk away from it. Mm. I just all right then. Listen to Drake. I'll just leave it there. I, it appears like it's not just you. So take heart from this list of disaster from Des, who's tweeted. <laughs> tried to get my daughter into cricket, oh. football, snooker, Pink Floyd, and Marillion. Not one single bit of success. Getting more and more desperate as he's gone through that list. <laughs> <laughs> Terry says, I, I regularly drunkly try and get my teenage son up after I return from the pub with either Pink Floyd, Pulse, or Simon and Garfunkel at Madison Square Gardens. He tolerates it if I get fried chicken. Otherwise, I'm on my own. <laughs> Wife in the bath, ignoring us both. Brutal from Graham here. Tried to get my son to play rugby, uh, but he insisted on playing football. Ooh. I then got him into a youth team, and after a short while I ended up managing that team for many years I don't even like football so it's had a positive outcome in the end kind of well he's kind of flipped completely <laughs> to the opposite yeah uh, Carly says uh, she tried to get her kids into button moon but they pointed and laughed is that a tin of baked beans is that a wooden spoon and they mugged it right off <laughs> love that programme I feel for and we've got Paul on the line who wants to share a story of a failed attempt to get kids into something what happened to you Paul yeah, I took my son to the golf driver range to try and get him into golf, which I love. Um, about sort of 20 minutes into it, he started looking at his clubs and I was wondering what was going on. So I said, what are you up to? To which he replied, trying to work out which of these would be most useful in a zombie apocalypse to kill the zombies. Oh, my. <laughs> so what's going on at the moment? I gave up and went home. <laughs> How old's your lad, by the way? He's 14 now. He was 10 at the time. 10 at the time. Yeah, my, my middle daughter, Thea, very obsessed with zombies. I blame Minecraft for that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Definitely. It's a Minecraft thing. So, like, the attempt at golf, you, you, this is the question, I guess, is, like, whether you... Do you just give up or are you going to have another go at trying to get him into it? No, I think we're done now, so I think we'll let him stick to his computer games. Paul, as an aside... golf. <laughs> as an aside, what did you end up deciding would be the answer? A driver, obviously, has got the big head, but yeah. it's quite a light club. Uh, then you've got a, a short club like a, a sandwich, but that angular head could be quite good for a zombie. I think he liked the putter because it was big and metal, rather than big and shiny and metal, rather than the... the um, driver because that was a wooden one thing it's all about the length of the shaft really isn't it oh it is (laughs) yeah definitely thank you for your compassionate advice uh, about my unsuccessful attempt to get our 13 year old into PJ Harvey uh, during this half term to feel a bit dejected although there is positive signs Rab the bricklayer says you've got to do it subtly like they've discovered it and it's their idea very good point Brian in Lancashire says evening lads Uh, Bush you've got to keep trying because man there will be a time when you're sat in the car and one of your kids starts singing along and there's no greater feeling 
play the long game. Next half term then. Pencil it in. <laughs> PG Harvey times two. This is the Daily Takeaway. Well, let's welcome back to the show uh, ahead of not many hours now before we uh, set up camp in Chelmsford to the car boot sale. Uh, and let's welcome back Callum. How are you doing, Callum? Very well, thank you, gentlemen. How are you? We're very good. Uh, building nicely to a crescendo for Sunday. We're very excited and we've got some good stuff, we think. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, not too long to go now. Callum, you've been, um, uh, well, I hope, I'm assuming you've you've uh, you've heard some of the stuff that uh, we've uh, secured and got out of the cupboards uh, over the last uh, week or so. Is there anything that has particularly jumped out to you that you think might go like hotcakes come Sunday morning? I think the, I think the, uh, the signed guitar's got to be the best piece you guys have got. I'm not too sure if you agree, but that's a big piece, I think. And sure, uh, I don't know if you've seen the two uh, fantasy uh, pictures that I bought from a charity shop. One of a unicorn, another of a fairy holding an orb. Maybe Maybe that could go for quite a lot of money as well. Do you know what I mean? A good return. <laughs> it might do, it might do. Thanks, Callum. You never know. Also, just a little bit of intel, uh, my charity shop purchase, uh, I, I did buy two CDs, uh, Now 49 and Michael Bolton's Greatest Hits. Um, what are CDs generally going for at a car boot these days? It's all different, to be honest with you. Like like everything, it, it, it depends on who the buyer is. You, you could have someone that's coming to buy it just a general item because they like the look of it. So a massive Michael Bolton fans come over from Argentina and he's been he's been after that album for years. <laughs> then we're in the money. Yeah, that's it. Or but again you could have someone that needs it as part of a collection. Well that's what I thought with now forty nine, because that's a collectible series, isn't it? Yeah, so so, so, it, so it really does all depend. Thank you for being so polite there, It was a polite answer, wasn't it? was a polite answer. Hey, so look, the only, the only kind of piece in our puzzle that is missing at the moment, and it's a little bit of trepidation as we head towards Sunday, obviously we're going to be pitching up alongside pro car booters, people who do this every week. As someone who's been involved in this business for a while, Callum, you're the organiser, have you got any tips for Richie and I in terms of how to project properly or uh, you know how to position things on the table? What's the key to selling well? You've got to have a nice display, of course. You've got to make the stuff look good. Um... And I think the most important thing as well is to engage with the person that comes up and shows a little bit of interest in the item. And now what I mean by engage with someone is they're not going to buy something that they don't want. So you don't want to be overly pushy and, and try to tell to someone it makes you look a little bit desperate. Right. Like, you, you need to gauge whether that person is genuinely interested and then just, just work with them, see what they're thinking. Um Gauge them, just gauge them, and uh, and just judge their reaction. Okay. Should we be pricing things up beforehand? I, I wouldn't say so. Um, you're sort of you, you're setting your stall out a bit too early. I think if you do that, because oh, I think it, I think you'll be surprised what some people will pay for the right item. So you don't want to sell yourself short, if you know what I mean, by pricing up something prematurely. Okay, and then in, in terms of upselling, which is another thing in retail, maybe they come in for the Michael Bolton album, but you might say, well, you might want, you know, now 49 in there as well, and is Giant Jenga. Could do. It depends. Again, it's, uh, I think it's quite specific to the individual, but and a good bit of advice I would give you guys is something we use in retail and I've used all my life on a on a fruit and, veg, uh, fruit and veg stall selling Christmas trees. We call it the five-step rule. All right, now, I'm going to make a note someone, of this. If, if someone's bartering with you a little bit and they yeah. seem somewhat keen and they're trying to bid you and you can't come up with sort of an agreed price and they take more than five steps, you've got to call that person back because after the fifth, <laughs> they never usually return. Well, I might start using that in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> it's effective, it's effective. Five-step rule, right, we won't let them leave. 
if after five steps they don't turn around, they're not interested. So so you've got up till about four and a half to call them back and take their money off of them, or if uh, you'll never see them again. Well, I, did, I think we're going to raise some big money for uh, Cash for Kids here, yeah. so it's fantastic. Thanks again for inviting us, and we can't wait to see you on Sunday morning, the Chelmsford Park and Ride for the big car boot. Look forward to seeing you guys. See you Sunday. This is the Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway. Richie and I have been operating over the past seven days under a cloud, really. A question's been hanging over us on this show since last week on the Midweek Games Night, and the question is this. Do you think you'd be able to identify a breakfast cereal just from the sound of it being crushed under bare feet? Any ideas? So last week I did roll up my uh, trousers and then I walked over a metal tray of one particular type of cereal and we were hoping to see whether you guys could listen to it and think, I know what that cereal is being crushed, but no one got anywhere near it, did they? No, they didn't. Uh, Brown flakes and shredded wheat uh, were just two of the wrong answers we can put forward. It's unbelievable. You've got to use your ears and your imagination. Here's that sound one more time. But what is it? We had an email from Ian who's so excited because he thinks he'd solved the riddle that we've got him on the line right now. Ian, tell everyone what's your thoughts. Well, I was thinking about it and I believe that uh, the sound is somebody treading on a Weetabix, thus producing implosions and explosions at the same time. Right. And then when it's further compacted and then more little miniature explosions and then it deforms from the shape of a Weetabix to more of a, a pancake shape, which then... None of these Weetabix are the same after you've trodden them. A bit like a snowflake. Wow. wow. Ian, do you do Open University or stuff? <laughs> My dad's a teacher. Wow. wow. And I mean, that's like sound modelling. You've modelled the sound. I can yeah. see that in like a waveform, what you've done there. And you say Weetabix, you think that I've gone barefoot through like just a collection of different biscuits or just a singular Weetabix bisque? Now I'm thinking it's more than one. Myself, I believe there's more than one there. Which is I'm what sure should be in a bowl anyway. I mean, who puts one in what a bowl? Madness, isn't it? Absolute madness. At least three, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, absolute madness. Well, Ian, um, it's a fantastic explanation. It's brilliant to have you on the show. But I tell you what, mate, you're miles off. You're still not right about the cereal. <laughs> no way. I could have sworn it was that. There you go. Brown flakes, shredded wheat, and now Weetabix uh, added to the uh, the incorrect answers. There was a tea towel on this last week. It's rolled over, so there's now two. Two. Home to two home-time tea towels. Last chance saloon for our little competition on midweek games night. Do you think you can identify a breakfast cereal just from the sound of it being crushed under my bare feet on last week's show? Have a listen to this. What cereal's that? As yet, no one's got it. Home time tea towels away. Who's this? Hi, it's Kirsty. Kirsty, Kirsty. What do you do, Kirsty? Um, I'm a mum. Okay, so mums know the sound of cereal being poured yeah. and, and crunched oh, and crushed yeah. and all that kind of thing. I've got a gut feeling. Okay. We're sat in our car having a child free burger. Oh, sorry. So before, before, you, before, you tell us, before you tell us your guess, child free burger, just talk us through that because that sounds great. There's a new place opened in Guildford called Hungry Boys. Right. Oh, I'd drive yeah, around the M25 for that. <laughs> yeah, we like we like wings, and we've come here for wings, and they don't actually do wings, they do tenders. So we had some Korean tenders, which were great. Lemon ones were great, and I had a buffalo patty burger. Where, where are the kids? Uh, Nans. Brilliant. I was ready to make notes on what your guess was uh, as we played this game, <laughs> but I've actually made notes about the name, <laughs> the location, and the menu. Uh, Kirsty, what is the cereal that Bush was walking through? 
I feel like it's Shreddies. <laughs> it's a good it's a good shout, and I do love Shreddies, but no, I wasn't walking through Shreddies barefoot. Oh. Hello, home time, who's this? Hello, it's Linda. Linda! Are you all right, Linda? You having a good night? Yes, fine. She's business, fine. Linda. She wants to get on with the competition and not have any pleasantries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. OK, fine. <laughs> well, Linda, uh, astonish us with the cereal bushes walking through. I think it could be... Crunchy Nut Cornflakes. <laughs> What's going on? I love Crunchy Nut Cornflakes as well. And again, I'm afraid that's not right, Linda. What made you think it was Crunchy Nut, incidentally? Just because he's so crunchy and I love them. <laughs> Fair point, Linda. Linda's sorry. all business and you asked her a question. <laughs> that was your mistake. <laughs> yeah. I walked into that. Lovely yeah. to speak to you, Linda. <laughs> OK, then. No problem. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Home time. Who's this? Hello. Hello, it's Bush and Richie. Who's this? Sorry, this is Jonathan. Jonathan, you sound uh, you sound like you might be like a doctor or a dentist or an architect. <laughs> uh, that's my siblings. Um, computer programmer. <laughs> computer programmer. That's why see, we, we've got the kind of intellectual ballpark here, so this guy could be quite good. <laughs> Maybe he's written a program that evaluates sounds, and he's about to wow us with a correct answer. Ten print. Not. Ten Maybe print. Not. I know what the serial is. Twenty. Go to ten. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of code in there from back in the I day. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That. Uh, right then, Jonathan. What cereal was I walking through without any socks or trousers? Well, I was wearing trousers. But, yeah, you know what I mean. Barefoot. <laughs> Don't give me that picture. Okay. Um, uh, Rice Krispies. Oh. oh, 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 oh. No. It's good, but it's not right. Oh, never mind. Back to the drawing boards. Hey, to hell with Make Me a Winner. This is where the big rollovers are going. <laughs> Another rollover on what cereal am I walking through barefoot? It's back next week. And how many tea towels is that? Three home time tea towels. We'll have to send it recorded delivery. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. There's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. That was quite good to work through our problems. It was, wasn't before, it? Wasn't it? Like getting them out in the open. That could be the way forward. Any problems that we have. Not that this show generally has many problems. Um, we should just. It makes good listening. I would have thought. It's yes. Always, you know, listening to another row or when you overhear like a row through the through through the walls of a house next door and all that kind of thing. That's always fun to hear. It is. You know, a sticky beacon into other people's business. Yes. Yeah, so if you'd like more rows at the beginning of the podcast, do let us know. Uh, well, let's maybe next week we can talk about our producer Adam yawning and making eye contact with us when we're talking. <laughs>